it. They assume they're actually one and the same. Well, yeah, exactly. Summoning the devil <laughs> is female empowerment. I think there's, yeah. we can definitely put an equal sign between those two statements. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. This is something like episode five, probably, of the actual Garbage Podcast. Um, Once again, this is David and Ryan, and Dylan is now joining us. Dylan, say, I don't know, give yourself five seconds. Oh, um, I'm a college dropout from Savannah College of Art and Design. I only have a associates in the art, but trying to work things out from there. Outstanding. That makes us sound really terrible. It turns out he didn't go to... He didn't oh, I go dropped to... out because it was expensive, not because I was bad. Yeah, no. He was... I guess that's worth prefacing. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> In an amateur sense, uh, Dylan's a perfectly competent artist. It's just the pro side of this, as I'm sure a lot of you are aware, is a complete nightmare. And even though it doesn't specifically fall under the category of information, it's absolutely a technological problem. Oh, I mean, the entire... Actually, one of the major causes that I left was I was seeing technology being put in places where I didn't think it needed to be. Um, they basically funnel all of their research and development into, um, you know, film and animation. That's where the technology goes. Because the rest of it, I mean, art usually is just giving out information. Right. But film and animation can't work without it. It is information reversed back into, you know, technology. It's chewed information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, how was it being like incorporated overall? Like, where, where, like, what deficient? What was what was deficient in the way that these new resources were being applied from your perspective and what you were trying to achieve there? I mean, they they were pulling in uh, those Google mapping domes mm-hmm. because you know animation students work what basically. Oh, they have like um, it's just a noise canceling dome around a chair, basically. <laughs> you know, one hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar. Sorry. I'm trying to get Dylan yeah, in the right um, position. Our mic setup is a little hanky today just because I'm using one microphone for three people. I yeah. don't I'm not quite flesh enough to have three yeah. nice microphones just, stand just yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. Dave, David is con- David is kind of conducting us though with the hand movements yeah. like yeah. The forward, back, yeah. forward, pacing. Stage forward, stage back. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're they're basically blowing money on impressive things. Um, things that But that sounds profitable. Yeah, man. <laughs> it sure is. Uh you know, you blow 50k first year taking fundamental courses and an intro class, and uh, hey, who gives a shit if you stick around? We got your 50k. See you, kid. Well, it's. I remember you mentioned uh, one time. It makes it. They make it really easy to understand how much worth you need to get out of any particular block of time at SCAD because it costs ten thousand dollars a semester, and you guys have three, yeah. and each one is ten weeks. So every week needs to be worth a thousand dollars. Yeah, no. Uh, the teachers tell you if you miss a class, just burn five hundred dollars. <laughs> you're base. That's basically what you're doing. I wish I had that kind of course of ability in my classes. You know, it's like if you miss a class, just I don't know, go to McDonald's. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the same thing. You know. Yeah, no. It's you think about feeling sick and not wanting to get up, and then you just think of that money burning, and uh, 
you show up at least. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't create that kind of like urgency. I mean, you didn't. I mean, obviously, there's an idea that you don't feel that the that the investment is exactly the same uh, in terms of what's actually being put into it. I mean, it's you know to have that. I mean, you have to get one hell of a lot of art in, like information. But like, how much of it is focused on the idea of like techniques or um, of like learning new things, or is it all focused around this idea that you know you need to learn this technology or you have to like uh, you know learn this new software or something like that? Like, uh, is, well, it, is it more focused on technology or is well, it like technique? I was in illustration and sculpture. Okay. So um, illustration, there's basically no technology other okay. than um, bringing forth marketing techniques, trying to get yourself out there using the internet. Okay. Um, I would say it's pretty low tier on the end of technology, which is where the huge investment is for those types of schools. Right. Um, higher up, I would say, is sculpture. I'm not going to get a workshop. Having access to an advanced workshop, 3D laser printers, stuff like that. Right. That's a bit more worthwhile. Okay. Um, you know, if you're in film animation, there's no way you're going to walk up to a bank and say, hey, I need $150,000 of film equipment. Right. I want to try this out. Right. Um, so then the investment is totally worthwhile there. I was an illustration student. Mm -hmm. I have an internet connection. Yeah. I don't see why I should be paying. I mean, talking to people who are definitely resourceful, my illustration teacher was incredibly helpful. Right on. Um, but in terms of education, I feel like I can get that somewhere else. I right. feel like I can, a lot of it was just practice and execution. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Technology and information is what I have, and just using the internet isn't very complicated. Well, it makes it, it makes the interesting case where information technology kind of leads, and this is where I think that you fit quite flush into this, is that you believe you can get the $50,000 worth of value, potentially at least enough of it for it not to be worth adding on loans through sources that are almost unanimously free when you're not buying materials. Like, there is enough online that you could potentially do that, and the human interaction side, the human element, <laughs> has been exercised completely out. Because, yeah. And to be fair, part of this is because you aren't... You were not going into SCAD with the dream of learning how to do these things. You were merely attempting to perfect a craft that you had, to yeah. some extent. I mean, I've... I've shown, I know it's shown up at least one time on the website, but I can put a direct picture of it. We have a mural on one wall of this house, which, though it is not finished, still looks very good considering the materials that were used for it are entirely outside of Dylan's wheelhouse. He has yeah. never used latex paint on drywall before. And it's, <laughs> or 10 feet high. Yeah, or yeah. 10 feet high. Like, the number of variables here... Um, all of that is in place. Um, what you needed SCAD for was, you know, expert opinion on how these things should be performed and connections potentially. Yeah, I was I was paying for seeing oh, I forgot his first name. There's an illustrator by the name of Fraser. I remember his last name. Obviously. Feel free to pseudonymize <laughs> for the purpose of the podcast. So yeah, just give him a name. Oh, um, it might have been Tom Fraser. Not 100% sure. Um, I'm sure if you pull up Frasier illustration, you'll get it. Uh, he's renowned. He does like a vinyl uh, cut for his colors. Mm -hmm. um, having his information and, you know, I learned uh, don't put bad stuff out there. If it doesn't represent the thing that you want to do, people will take it and ask you to do it. If somebody asks you to do bad work, other people will ask you to do bad work. That's <laughs> useful information, but I feel like I could have seen that in a podcast somewhere. Yeah. Um, but would you have taken it to heart? This is the weird thing yeah. about 
you know, prestigious universities tend to have this clout where, you know, Harvard and MIT and Yale are all fine. You know, the edX.org organization that I'm taking a handful of pseudo classes through, I mean, I'm, the MIT Sloan School of Business is putting on a three semester supply chain course with their professors and it is all the material that they use. The only thing that's missing is the physical interaction with the professors because I even get to talk to the professors by proxy because I can ask them questions. They're in chats. If I actually give them a hundred dollars, they will, and I go on the circuit track, they have like a forum that they have live cut. Everything is in place except for meeting the guy. <laughs> That's it, that and not actually going to MIT to do the thing. And how much is that worth? And MIT and Harvard and Yale seem fairly confident that the value of what I am getting out of that is $100. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, compared to compared to the, someone who bridges that digital divide, right, who actually goes there physically in the building, yeah. right, they get charged the thousands of the dollars The pretension for that, for that is worth the, the, the pretension of going to those universities is worth tens of thousands of dollars, which hopefully you have covered in a scholarship, plus an insane recruitment process and what Harvard's admission rate is, you know, even accounting for the people who are just sending them in on a lark, 8%, yeah, something yeah. like that. I actually didn't look up the um, acceptance rate at Savannah College of Art and Design, but was incredibly upset to find somebody taking a drawing two class who came from a school of 700 people and he wasn't very good, just objectively. He didn't know a lot of like fundamentals. And they let him in with his portfolio. They took a look at his work and said, yeah, kid, you can make it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if he didn't look like he was going to drop out, if he looked like he was going to keep going, I can imagine that they accept plenty of those kinds of people because, uh, like I said, you weren't the one that had the yeah. dream. A handful of people are like, man, I really want to be able to yeah. do this, and I don't know how. Yeah, I've met people who didn't know they were going there until the semester before, <laughs> like, and now they're graduated. Mm -hmm. Hey, mm -hmm. it works out for some people, but yeah, they're feeding off that dream. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you were saying, having the people in front of you is apparently worth a hundred times more <laughs> yeah. than the actual information provided. And also, for what it's <laughs> worth, I didn't pay that hundred dollars. I'm doing it for free. <laughs> <Gotcha. Yeah. laughs> All right. So well, infinitely even better. I can't even pirate a better experience than MIT is willing to give me. Well, I'm just I'm just concerned that they're like built into the whole structure of the course. There's like that one element that if you don't have the ability to pay and ask for that question, like everything that comes afterwards will just be baffling. The keystone. To you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like this one point where it's like everything will be fruitless unless you just have access to that one little component of the course as well. And that's how they get their hundred dollars out of you. Maybe that's possible. That's entirely possible. I mean, there are supplemental things that I would get access to, but whatever. Well, no, I mean, but also, you know, there's a way around those things too. And if you can maybe connect dots, you know, that uh, that aren't exactly in the in the line that they uh, that they want you to take them, and you can probably make it. But you know, having that information uh, available to you, though, especially in a, in a free sense as well, because you, know, you talk about like um, inform uh, information with art. Information with supply chain economics, I'm assuming. I with mean, education. Of education in yeah. general. But, like, even, you know, I mean, information with politics, which is much more loaded. Uh, but still, you know, there is this idea that there are, there is a certain uh, objectivity to the information you're getting. 
right? So there is ways in which you can learn about information, which I would consider maybe like things like techniques, right? That's what you would be concerned about with art, right? How uh, even at the most basic or what you call the fundamentals of how to execute something on the page or within a sculpture. Or David, if you're trying to focus on some, uh, some sort of uh, information on how to organize a business. And then for my aspect as well, you know, politics contains all kinds of facts mm. that we could use as information to then build off of as well. I mean, how do we kind of, uh, how do we decide what's worth paying for and what's what's not worth paying for? I mean, how do we identify, A, what we lack in information, and then B, where can we go to try to find these things out? I mean, where where's the barrier to say, this is worth paying for or worth seeking, and this is where I think I will try to find it on my own and, out, and elsewhere? And so there's like two components. Where do we look for it, or where do we find, excuse me, where do we find that we what, what what we think we need, and then where's the barrier to figure out well how far will I go or what will I, what will I sacrifice to get it? And is that metadata also free potentially? Right. Yeah. Because even the part where you decide what is worth following is in some sense free aside from your time. Mm -hmm. um, it it bleeds back into our uh, which I assume will inevitably as it always does turn into a hatred to the internet. Um, <laughs> information is the most deflationary. Uh, it's the most inflationary, deflationary part of the economy. Um, there's, there's an argument that is constantly made about the way that the internet has exploded economics, and in some senses that is true. <coughs> the internet has allowed for a massive amount of communication, but I don't know that information has actually gone through this revolution, because if you consider, and you can use any number of examples for this, Whenever information becomes available on the internet, it is radically devalued over a very short period of time. It doesn't take all that long for MIT's open courseware to go from being revolutionary to completely rote. All of that information is now there, and they decided, even beyond the gesture of goodwill, because the open courseware initiative was initially about, you know, letting the undeveloped world into the developed world's right. educational system. And that was altruistic and revolutionary. Now they are attempting to market it, and the dollar figure they're putting on it is $100 a class. Mm -hmm. If the altruism was considered to be $100 per student, they wouldn't even have bothered because that's absolutely uninteresting. Mm -hmm. That's not even a story to be giving away, you know, that's giving yeah. away any number of nominal things to kids in Africa at that point. Right. Um, information just, it falls into this horrible trap where, and again, it's, it's as soon as we know the information exists, its value almost completely vanishes, or at least its availability. Um, and, and it makes me wonder how much of the internet is uh, a goodwill factory that we operate backwards because we assume everybody is terrible because everyone that is outside of our exacting purview mm -hmm. is there for a reason. But you, um, most of the value of the things on the internet, and this is borne out by Kickstarter and Patreon and all the sites where you directly contribute to someone's success in whatever field of production they're in or information, those are the most successful, or at least they're the highest profile methods that people are making money in the information technology sector by actually producing things. And those are exclusively goodwill gestures. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those are either literally donations in the case of Kickstarter or in the case of Patreon, they are paying for things that those artists would otherwise be giving you for free in some sense, or behind, you know, a paywall that they cannot construct because even the best among them on the web are competing with so many other people 
the access is so per is so pervasive that no one can charge for anything unless it is under the guise of literally supporting the artist. You're not even paying for the art, and I do this with all of my Patreons. It wouldn't matter whether Tracy Butler, who is the artist and author of the comic Lackadaisy, which is one of the most beautiful webcomics ever made, um, it wouldn't matter if she ever put anything else out again. I am supporting her, not for the art she's making, but because I haven't given her enough money <laughs> for what she has already done. And in that way, I've abstracted the art she's making from her, and my money is essentially a pat on the back. It has nothing to do with the content of what she's making. I don't, like I said, I wouldn't care if she never put anything else out again. I am glad to support someone who has done what she has already done. Yeah. Well, what kind of pandering happens to that as well? Because it's not just, for one thing, you you, you know, kind of discounting all the things we've consumed but haven't paid for, right? Or that we've deemed not worthy of, of our pay, of our of our quality, right? Before, right, you bought a CD or you maybe heard a song and then you bought a CD or someone recommended an art, a book to you and then you had to buy the book. Well, now, that's, that's the now, you, now, yeah, now you're like, no, I'll assume it, I'll, I'll, I'll take it in and it's shit, no money, right? And no you will judge it. Right, Yeah, exactly. exactly, but that's exclusively goodwill. That has nothing to do with the quality of the product when it is entirely within your auger to do that. Yeah. Augur was absolutely the wrong word there, but because I already used judge, I confused myself. Um, no, but you don't have to be an impartial judge because it's your money. Yeah, but people don't, I don't think people just give because, hey, kid, good effort, right? This, this your webcomic, you know, like, you know, someone who isn't the, the webcomic that you've mentioned, right? Hey, you've put a lot of work into this. I think it's shit. Here's 20 bucks. That's, like, that's yeah, fair. Like, Necessary, but insufficient. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's the problem, too, which is that we're not rewarding effort here. We're rewarding it on a, on a kind of basis of judgment. And then, in a sense, also, you know, I on think... On its you know, immediate merit to you. Exactly. Like, yeah. Because, uh, just to really finalize over as well, like for podcasts, right? Like you look at like Dan Carlin or, or you know, uh, Mike Duncan or something, like people that I really like and respect. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts that I don't like and don't respect, and I don't <laughs> give them any money, you know? Like I don't participate <laughs> in these things. And it's like, you know, hey, kid, good effort, but, um, you know, maybe better luck next time. But at the same time, I mean, is there an inhibiting factor to this? Because I've got to, you know, I put in between reading and writing and doing all the things necessary to get this podcast together, I probably put in about 400 hours or so of my own time, my own expenses, with like no understanding that I will have any sort of uh, compensation Wait, did you say for 400 this. 400 hours or $400? 400 hours. Okay. Yeah, that's not including all the, the money for the books or the, you know, the computer and, um, right. you know, paying for the fucking internet as well, which, I, you know, it's not cost free. I mean, you got people pay, what, $100 a month for their internet, how much for their phone plans for their phones, the cost of the computers to get it. I mean, this shit isn't free. And yet, you know, the, the way it's kind of revolutionized the economy is that we put in so much money and effort into this overall, and then we make it just uh, uh, based on our own judgment to consume it, for, to expect to consume it for free, and then just contribute out to what we feel is best overall. And, and I don't know how long that can be sustained. I mean, there has to be, somebody will have to kind of figure out a method to say that, you know, look, you have to contribute into this thing a little bit ahead of time. And I guess Kickstarter is the way that kind of tries yeah. to half solve that, right? Yeah, that's the... But it's still not, it's still in some way perverting that dream of judgment being the ultimate price setter. Because mm -hmm. Kickstarter is then suddenly based on a promise the same way the CD is a promise of good music that you are paying X number of dollars for. Kickstarter well, is doing a similar thing. It, it's bringing it back. A CD that already exists, though, has gone through that process of forefronting the money. Mm -hmm. uh, a Kickstarter, 
has no pro like it is just a promise at least with the cd other people can judge it you can get that information from others it's out there there's no information and no experience with a kickstarter other than maybe their past works that's all you have and with patreon yeah it's just a reverse engineering of that you've already seen the thing and now you're paying for it. It's the reverse Kickstarter. That's that's why I think Patreon is probably the best system out there for that purpose because it's the only one that I've found that has, it's not necessarily accountability and there is some level of transaction where you are presumably going to get more things or you will opt out of that service. Okay, I see. So like Kickstarter's like, oh, that would be cool. Yes. Yeah. And then patrons oh, like, oh, that this, was cool. Yeah, this <laughs> was cool. Let's continue this on, right? Well, well, yeah, and it's essentially, look at what I have done. I will keep doing this. Will you pay me to keep doing gotcha, this? Gotcha, okay. And I think that is the happiest medium anyone's achieved with that. Right, absolutely. I like that system a lot because it encourages, and because there are some people who do it on a commission basis where it's essentially every time I put out a thing, you give me X number of dollars and you can set a cap so that people can't, you know, flood that. Or, But hmm. for the most part, you know, I give X number of dollars a month to specific artists and there are kickbacks for that you know they'll send me like in progress stuff and they have mm -hmm. like little forums and that kind of stuff so but with patreon you need a repertoire of, it, of product yeah. that they have already been able to judge and witness mm -hmm. you have to then promise additional side services that are also assuming that you weren't paying would not be free sure um they have to put in extra work on the side on top of the donation that you're giving. Are you paying for those services or are you really just pay? I mean, there are tons of people who are like, uh, if you pay up to $30 for every work, I'll Skype with you. And they're buying a type of like pseudo friendship with the artist to the try good, to gain favor. The goodwill argument. Yeah. But that's the thing is that I don't think that's extricable. There are a lot of people, I mean, Ryan, you had mentioned contributing specifically to Dan Carlin yeah. and uh, Duncan. That shows a degree of goodwill with your money that virtually, that for all intents and purposes, 0% of the population actually holds. Yeah, if exactly. you ever look at information on people donating voluntarily to those kinds of projects, it is clear that regardless of the quality of that information, they will opt not to pay for it. Right. It is... I, I would contest that it is literally goodwill. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I always kind of get trapped in the Joker's mindset of, like, if you're good at something, never do it for free. And then, you know, at the same time, it seems like you can't get a toehold into the conversation of the world without getting something out there for free or putting that effort out there at first and then offering some sort of, like, supplementary benefits. Like you're saying, like, I don't want to... Because that would be the one thing, too. I don't want to display goodwill to people. Your goodwill is your money, and I thank you for it, right? I'm not going to Skype with you. I'm not going to forum with you. I fucking hate connecting with people over the internet. And the idea that I would, like, have to get money from people and they would expect me to, like, communicate with them, like, I already am. I'm releasing a fucking podcast. You know, you're, you're, you're uh, releasing artwork. You're creating art. Like, this is, this is your expression. Like, this fucking half-internet... I, I have to participate in the internet society as... as like, your reward for, you know, contributing to what you're fucking consuming from me anyway? Like, no, now you expect something extra with that? Like, like you know, you buy a car, there would be have to be something way, way higher than just merely purchasing a ticket to get backstage with me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but, it's funny that that is your hang-up, because that's the one side that has always been there. And that, it's always free, too, the, usually the, it's yeah. free, the, right? Like The internet has uh, never, the internet, um, 
the internet is not Access even assuming <laughs> that that's going to be possible. You still have the Glengarry Glen Ross problem. You can have all the product you want. Right. You got to close. That's right. always yeah. been the case. Okay. This is the one thing that hasn't changed is that you have to hustle. Um, and hustling is still as nasty as it ever was. It's why salesmen are still always going to be doing shit because they are the people who bring in money regardless of what they happen to be hawking at the time. And, you know, the auteur perspective of the new web has been a pain in the ass that way where you have to be the artist and the face. And I, it was a stereotype for centuries that the artist is not a face. They no. need someone to stand up for them that way because the skills that make you an artist, the introversion that makes people good practice enough. enough to be good turns them away from society. They can't make the pitch. No, not at all. And one of the informational services that was provided at SCAD, unfortunately, it was your last year. Um, <laughs> That's their keystone. What? what? Yeah. That's where they got you. Yeah. Um, it was how to pitch yourself, how to turn yourself into a business. And at that point, I just thought, I'm already sufficient enough. I know how to practice art. I know that I should be doing it. The information to actually execute new techniques is out there for free, off of the goodwill of others. I just need to take a business class. Yeah. That's, all it, that's all it came down to. I, I knew how to do the work. I didn't know how to make the money. MBAs, everyone thought MBAs were over a decade ago, and two decades ago, and three decades <laughs> ago. They will never go out of style, yeah. because business is always going to be business. Nothing is going to, nothing has so far taken that away. A lot of people would cite, there are a lot of instances where you could cite things like Amazon or Google or organizations like that or Apple. But it turns out those keynotes that Apple puts on, they move a lot of units. Uh, Google does advertise itself yeah. all over the damn place, on half the phones in the world, in fact. Mm -hmm. those, that's hustle. That is them. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter that they have the best search engine or that Apple has the best phone, or that Amazon is a massively anti-competitive menace that's based entirely on its IPO. But enough about that. They have to hustle. they got to tell people about the things. And it's fun because when they don't do that, things do flop. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a reason why, despite the way the iPad is positioned, it probably shouldn't be the most popular tablet anymore. No. Because it's really not that great a device when taken against its competitors at its price point. Mm -hmm. But nobody can Especially sell it. Especially at that price point. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody can sell a tablet like Apple can. Yeah. Nobody can make it look magical the way they do. Yeah. And even then, there's the division between selling and marketing. Selling is the one time, hey, you got to buy this. That's what the people in the stores are doing. Apple understands marketing. They know that they have to be seen everywhere. Not, not to say to... their stores are not oh, good yeah. at that as well. <laughs> yeah, the store itself is also a good... The fact that they need a store <laughs> is a good enough marketing tactic that, hey, anybody can get this. You don't even already need a computer to buy it. Yeah. Uh, their logo is simple and clean. The colors are easy. Like, everything is communicating to an audience, and they give that information back. They're always doing surveys gathering information, yeah. and that that exchange, that conversation with uh, audience and provider is marketing. And the cheaper we make our own information, yeah, the easier the cheaper, their yeah. job gets. When, when there are advertisements for taking surveys online, 
as a job, yeah, like just websites who gather information services, collect them all, and then say, "Hey, we'll pay a hundred bucks to take like five hundred surveys. Yeah. We just need information." And other people are giving that shit out for free, and so other people are able to capitalize on other companies not getting enough of it. Information is <laughs> simultaneous. I, I, I'm not saying that information is worthless. There is just a lot of it, and again, it's the defi- it's the if we ever change the basket of goods that we use for judging poverty to include information in any of its forms, everyone will suddenly be rich. <laughs> because a dollar goes a long, long way with information. Well, yeah. and, and two, that it, you know that that barrier. I think where the kind of like issue of technology and information kind of you know intercede, uh, intersect to a certain extent too, is in is in that access and and then it the knowledge or the inform the the knowledge itself of how to find information is oftentimes usually lacking as well. And so I w- if if I could you know because. Uh, if we could kind of maybe transition into this idea of like where we go to find this information through technology, sure. I think that's the kind of uh, issue that we kind of gleaned off of where, you know, we both, uh, you know, uh, everyone in here has been, you know, been to college and been to where we typically go to find information and especially as it's kind of distinguished from the idea of like knowledge itself, right? In which case, how is there a way to distinguish between what we consider how we find information and using when information. we can, so yeah. knowledge is then it, it's, it's used towards something in particular or, I mean, is there an idea that, you know, when we go, to, uh, do we take in information and only then when we apply it to something, does it become this idea of knowledge as well? And how does technology maybe turn information into knowledge for us as well? Because, like, I'm, I'm learning a lot of information right now about how terrible of a podcast I'm going to be. Not because I'll make a shit podcast, but because of how terrible I'll be at getting people to want to listen to the fucker. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, this is... I'm. Might, We're living that dream right yeah, now. Man, we gonna, are at 23 subscribers. 23 Woo! subscribers? Yeah. Sweet and Jesus. I'm one of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Me too. I'm trying to figure out who the hell they are because <laughs> the bots the bots have gone away. We were well. at about 40 for a week and it just it like went on a slow decline which was clearly someone whatever metric someone was trying to gather for their high school project or whatever <laughs> <laughs> China's analytics the NSA whoever just was following web crawlers it, they've <laughs> they've already got all of our voice patterns they they got that and they unsubscribed we're sitting at a solid 23 and i know like 6 <laughs> And half of them are in this room. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, be sure to email in at. Yeah. yeah really. I mean, if you have any suggestions, feel free to like, subscribe, and comment <laughs> at the yeah. bottom of this podcast. But, uh, but do you have like an act? Do you have like any sort of connect uh, information of way people could contact you through your website at all, David? I mean, it's actual garbage. No, fuck Fu- that. Fucking hey, man! Like, who wants to do that? Like, I want to put something uh, out okay. there. Hey, get in touch with me if you like that. I don't want to hear from people. Anti-marketing. Yeah. I wanted to make it a premise of this website. I wanted to go back to the rock and roll model where. I was deliberately hateful of my fans. <laughs> if it ever actually took off, I wanted to have a persona of actual deliberate disdain. Yes. Because uh, I think that's coming back into vogue. Because uh, people are too friendly online now, and I think people see kind of the bullshit I, I, behind I, that. Okay. Did you just say that people are too friendly online? Yes, I did. Okay, all right. On the whole. Okay. Do Absolutely. You, do you read comment sections on news on Those news are the fans. I'm talking about okay. the people, people that are talking. Yeah, no. Every, they are being way too courteous. Gotcha. Okay. Except for Joe Rogan. He's like the he's the shining star. And granted, he was gonna be anyway, because I he's kind of an asshole. He's a lovable asshole anyway. Yes. But he seems and to call him a model is a little <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I basically want a slightly more hateful version of that to be the persona of the website as it addresses its audience. Okay. So the actual medium through which people will communicate about this podcast, if at all, uh, will probably just be a subreddit. <laughs> That's yeah. fine with me. Or some sort of like... Uh, I wasn't going to make money anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or some sort of attack on uh, on the website by, uh, you know, hack hacktivists or something like that. Hey, like, again, I, I felt inaugurated... Um, Oh yeah, you one did the, have a yeah. You know, one of the Pyel <laughs> brothers. Who I I knew who it was. I knew who it was. The first comment in my entire website was an attempt at PHP SQL injection, which I can tell because the first comment is semicolon get PHP info bracket bracket. <laughs> so the first thing that ever happened on my website, and granted, I know who it was, so it's not quite that auspicious. <laughs> It wasn't clearly a Chinese hacktivist, unless <laughs> they don't have he is. Yeah. yeah, they just regular do that. But yeah. you know, I I felt like I came into my own when Excellent. that happened. Excellent. That was good. Yeah. yeah, I'm still waiting to be important enough to have uh, the People's Liberation Army of China actually want information from me. I'm still waiting for that ability to get yeah. to, to get hacked, and I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for that day. You know, you study yeah. politics long enough uh, to have it happen. Back on what you were saying about uh, information applying to knowledge, though. Right. Back on track. Yes, exactly. Um, we should have a noise for that. <laughs> <laughs> Back on track. Sounds good. Anyway, um, so information is pure in its nature of just fact. Okay. Uh, knowledge is being able to use that fact in an application. Okay. And wisdom is the ability to reflect on its application. Okay. Um, people who are wise have done. People who are knowledgeable are doing. And... Everybody knows their shit, right? Yeah, that's what they sure as hell seem to think so. Yeah. That was, that was so close. Like, you almost had it. And then it just, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, but David and I have talked before about, like, I've always had this phenomenon, this social phenomenon of, like, talking to people and no one admits that they're, like, fucking stupid. You know, like, I rarely meet people who will say, like, you know, I really don't know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, hey, you know, I'm kind of dumb, but this is how I th see things. Like, I just kind of put that in front of a lot of strangers who I talk to just, like, automatically. Like, like that's Confidence like an intro clause. Confidence is half of sounding good. Yes, <laughs> and so, you know, that, but that, that, I think that inability to kind of put forward into this because, you know, even, you know, especially if you have to, like, talk in front of a group of people, like, as a professor, I have to do. And I'm always hesitant, you know, I've never been afraid of telling anyone that I've talked to about you know, where the limits are of my understanding. So they'll ask me some question oh, and yeah. it's like, you know, I don't I don't know. I do not know the answer to that question. And it is a interesting topic that you've raised up overall. But, you know, lacking the information, but then, you know, being able to find that out, but once again seeming infallible still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well well in that in that, you know, you do kind of hit that like Socratic, you know, genius where it is seemingly the ability to admit that to not only yourself but to others that give that almost gives you a certain credibility on things that you maybe uh, do know and, and the way you communicate to people as well, which is that, you know, I don't fucking know it all. And the inf my limits of information and, e my, you know, is constrained and further constrained is my knowledge. And, you know, there's a little pinprick of wisdom that I might have ac accumulated in 30 some odd plus years <laughs> of living. So, you know, I'm okay in kind of receiving and recognizing that. I don't actually know that. how old you are. I mean, to, I have to, uh, what, 2015? Rough. Yeah, <laughs> 33. I'm 30 fucking three years <laughs> old. So that is... Uh, Right on track. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I'm right on schedule. You keep looking at your wrist. Yeah, I, I pretend oh. to, there's a watch that I've never worn. A, I've People worn a check watch. their phones now. Get with the times, old man. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't the first time I've been accused of old man media <laughs> on, this, on the scope of this podcast. Yeah, make it a thing. Well, but especially in the way that I deal with technology. I know, in in 
I mean, if you want to be Old Man Riley, we can do that. That's a fantastic name. Old Man Riley? All right, I can handle... Here with David the Wolf and Old Man <laughs> Riley. Techno Kids today, you know, are so frustrating. I'm, I'm floored we haven't done that yet. Okay. The, the fucking complaining about children. Oh, really? <laughs> I can't believe it's taken this long for that to even get mentioned in jest. Well, it's... Doing all the shit on their phones. They don't look <laughs> at people anymore. They just... They got the tech to send the emojis, the, the, the smiles, and now they're black. Why are they black now? <laughs> what? Like, I can't believe we haven't done any of that. So, the I... Kids have no information, so they don't apply to this at all. All right, fine. <laughs> I, um, so, I get, you know, I get reviews. Filthy net consumers. <laughs> I, I, I get reviews on, um, I get reviews, you know, your professor reviews at the end of the year, anonymously done. And there's a question that asks, like, what was your favorite part of the course? Or what par um, what technique or what part of the course did, did you most enjoy about how the professor used class time? And, like, 80% of the comments are is that I do phone checks. So in, in my class, I break them into three chunks. And in the two breaks between those three chunks, I have what I call a phone check, where students pull out their phones, use them for a minute, 90 seconds, and then they have to put them away again. That is the most... That is the most popular aspect of what how I run my class is the ability that it was like check your fucking phones it's okay and they like I said that is the most popular thing I do in my class right now with ki kids today with kids today but yeah. I mean I kind of I, I recognize that that's important to them and I don't personally understand it but it's just one of those things that you just let happen because you know, it's technology, it's how they go, but, you know, if I'm going to get on my old man's soapbox, it's like they can't fucking concentrate for more than 25 minutes without this burning goddamn desire to just reach into their pocket and just fiddle. Like, what are they, what are they accomplishing in that 60 seconds that made it so necessary? Funny enough, still relating, uh, they're hungry for information. They yes. want to check Facebook. They want to know what's going on right away. I, um, because there's so much information all the time, if you're not up to date on it, you're behind. You're, you know... Hey, See, you, these are the you, platitudes yeah. I was hoping we were going to start <laughs> yeah. with. You have to, you know, scrolling down your feed, you saw something that's, oh man, it's 20 minutes old. Shit's old news now. All right. Um, See, that's the strategy that I took like three years ago is that uh, I'll be behind. That's why. Yeah. Well, no, but you yeah, mentioned no, too about, right. you know, you mentioned too about like there's about the shelf life of information. I mean, how, yeah. really? I mean, how bad? Because, you know, there's, you know, the, one week. Yeah, no, that's, that's all anything gets. That's, okay, because all right, in politics we do like you know they they have polls, you know, public information, you know, uh, public opinion polls and shit like that. No single poll is going to fucking reveal, you know, the nature of the American electorate, because all it really is is like this is what people think in this time period of the people we asked. Is but, Trump going to win? Uh, yeah. Do we know this week, last week? Did it matter? Yeah, no. It, it, yeah, but yet still like the. It, information is merely one, once again just a a, a a a a book that we read and then shelved. But that book is not the end all be all of the information. It only matters in the you know line of information or the line of books that you are adding that large uh, piece of information to. I mean, it, there has to be some sort of an accumulation of information that people are looking at. And I don't understand the urgency of just adding that new book they read to their fucking shelf of, of knowledge and information. Why is that immediacy so important to people? I think it falls into the, the same realm as not wanting to close doors. Mm -hmm. People are extremely averse. It, people are willing to burn bridges in moments of emotional strife. Right. They are extremely averse to closing opportunities, uh, which is why you end up with the paradox of choice where they, where choice makes you unhappy. Because every time yeah. you find, if you're shopping for cars, this is the absolute worst part of shopping for a car. It's what makes people suddenly just 
buy a car on a lark because they just want to be out of that situation because there are a lot you set your price range and you find a thousand cars that fit almost all of your criteria and sometimes they even do fit all your criteria but there's one that's got the thing yeah it's got the thing you want it's got it's either in exactly the right color or the wheels just and that's where salesmen come in that's how you you pitch the differentiation yeah. but that's getting way beyond what we're specifically talking about here. It's that they don't want to accidentally not have that tool in their toolbox if for some reason they need it. It's a tool that you can just reach out and grab. It takes one second, to, it takes less than one second to read a tweet or a Facebook trending deal on the side where, you know, for example, Richard Dawkins claims that a kid didn't invent a clock, which was the worst written headline <laughs> I've seen in a month and it's basically inaccurate and I, I, I don't want to defend Richard Dawkins. He's a he's an asshole. What happened to him, man. by the way? What happened to him? When did he? Okay, I, I'm sorry. I mean, he's always been curmudgeonly. That's how he ends. That's how you end up as the face of an organization like New Atheist. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how a neocon in Richard Hitch or Richard Hitchens, Christopher Hitchens yes, became exactly. one of those people. Is yeah. I, he wasn't even talking about religion. Most of these people weren't. Sam Harris wasn't specifically talking about religion. Sam Harris is about nouveau meditation and technology. I mean, he has a podcast where he just got on, I think it came out like two days ago, where he's just talking to a, an MIT dude about multiverses. Right. Because that's got the woe factor that he is totally into. Right, okay. Dude, that's in all of my alternate universe fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what he does. He got, he fell into that. Okay, good. And, right. he, and he fell into that by being inflammatory because the things he talks about are deliberately revolutionary. He talks about the use of... He, he talks about how disappointed he will be if his kids never try MDMA. I meant LSD, not MDMA. Sorry about that, Sam. Oh, is that Harris or? Yes, or, that's or, Sam okay, Harris. Okay, yeah, but but still, I mean, uh, just 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 to end the sidebar real quick. <laughs> Sam Harris on the scale of assholishness is just way slightly lower. I mean, uh, Richard Dawkins in the last five years has has the ability for him to contribute information through technology co contributed to his prickishness over. Uh, over yeah, the okay. he wrote the selfish gene. Yeah, exactly. He wrote the most inflammatory book since the Origin of Species when it relates to atheism. Right. But still, I mean, once yeah, the, but the but the level of dickishness. scientifically specifically, yeah. I mean, he then wrote a book called The God Delusion. Yes. <laughs> so that kind of took that kind of took wing from there. But. Yeah, but so, <laughs> so I don't want you just to know what I'm about. I want you to know how I feel about it. <laughs> Look, Hitchens then wrote God is not great, which I liked the directness of that. Well, because that's that's at least keeping it at a level playing field. I'm apologize for this tangent. I spent a lot of college thinking real hard about all no, this shit. No, no, it's but it does it is it is it is relevant and important to uh, the overall nature. But especially with with Dawkins, you know, in this in that ability to be to be prickish and the, and the change that occurs in how you communicate to people, right? How you how you put information out there. Right? Technology, it seems to me that there would be two things, right? There, there is new information, right? Information that was not available yesterday that is there. But then there is a second component to the fucking just ever driving need is that the immediacy of people to get information, right? Th those two things are separate, right? There's old information and then new, fascinating, good information that wasn't available yesterday. It's available yeah. today. Breaking today, 2 p.m., yeah. right? We got new information. Yep. And are you part of it? Oh, Did God you miss almighty. It? And then there's the... Now it's old information. I know. You're part of the old. But then there's the incessant inf the incessant need to have information now that you didn't have yesterday. Those two things are separate. And why is it technology that just is that it, because it is so just available? I mean, it, does it's it just... It's too easy. It's too easy? Yep. Okay. 
Uh, that it. has to be what it is. It requires no, uh, again, it requires no effort to get the dopamine learning hit okay. out of a trending, out of a trending title. Yeah. Well, where, where is, what's the end game then? I mean, what is, I mean, does this lead anywhere? I mean, is it, is, are we the heading grave. towards a break? Yeah, okay, <laughs> yes, exactly. But I want to know, maybe is there a, is there a peak before that point, Dylan? Or are we all just getting better until, I mean, I mean, until we hit senility and, and become, you know, uh, you know, Alzheimer's patients or something like that. I mean, imagine there'd be a peak of it in our lives. But I, is there a teleology to fashion? Yeah, what is the peak of fashion? What is the peak of fashion? Where, Where is, that? Where is the peak of art? I don't okay. think... So you're, you're limping that with information then? I think fashion yeah. and information in this context are one and the same. Yeah, that's why They're I brought up art They're even cyclical the same way. Yeah. This, how's, how's information cyclical? I mean, you have to of the information to we're talking about. The information we're talking about, we're, we're, we're talking about bite-sized chunks that everybody wants all the time. Because we're not talking about the Cold War. You know, my mom doesn't care about the Cold War. She right. may listen to your podcast because, you know, she likes you. Because she's a sweet and wonderful <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah, absolutely. So I understand that. But that's, that information is hard won in a way that learning about Richard Dawkins is not or learning about Kim Davis is not. Okay. Um, that kind of information is absolutely in the form of fashion because it is, did you see the new style? Yeah. It's, it's exactly in that form. And it's cyclical in the sense that we go between being cynical, and then we go toward hope, and then we go... It, it follows a pattern. Yeah. I mean, the cycle that we're in right now is the low end, I believe, because everything <laughs> is ironic, sarcastic, uh, nostalgic, referential. It's mean-spirited right now. It's generally mean-spirited, and it's generally mean-spirited towards what was already good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people wearing overall jeans, they're not wearing it because they think it looks good. They're wearing it because they intentionally know that it didn't look good, but people back then were so stupid, right? Look at these old farts. Ha ha, look at me, I'm, I'm portraying a clown. Right, exactly. We're in the age of clowns. Everybody wants to be the funny man. Everyone wants to make fun of the who, people who were successful. And the most artistic way to do that right now is to scream, which <laughs> yeah. I am, I don't like that at all. Oh, well, yeah. but okay. And it's loud, we're a generation of loud clowns. But is that, I mean, there has to be some sort of element where, you know, there's a desire for creation, but is the inherent destruction of information and, and its desire to create new? Because that's what... Well, it's I mean, not it's destruction. Destruction or devaluation. Either way. Bastardization, I, okay. I would yeah. say, more. Well, but, but either way, right? Fashion is about the the building on top of... Uh, well, it's not like we're going to learn... Uh, so, for example, like cycles in fashion, cycles in art, are usually based in a kind of counterpoint or a a new interpretation or a reevaluation of what came before it, right? And yeah. so in that sense, destruction is merely the taking down of something that was revered at one point and now has been supplanted and replaced with something that we inherently think is better. Obviously based on the We just the don't have anything better at the moment. Well, no, but that's what that's what our qualification is for better a lot of times, is what is newer. That's what fashion it is. Yeah, it, what, it is good because it is newer than what came before it. In mm -hmm. that sense, is information now merely just the idea that we can supplant it overall? Like, you know, there... There has to be... It'll be fixed. It's the better one. Okay. It's the new one plus. And the information, like facts, it, be, it, be it new, you know, new judgments or, or new art, new issues of business cycle okay. theory. And they, once again, we've talked before about the idea of, like, knowledge or, or, or expertise hitting this plateau to where things only are marginally, incrementally, incrementally better than what came before them. But we're so feasted on these, like, little marginal improvements. Is this... Is this really the culmination of just being a fucking knob knob tweakers? Like, man, it, this is like a this is like a three tenths of a percent better it's than what came before it. It's just a loss in scope. People are more uh, withdrawn, 
more personal. Okay. Uh, they like their circles. We don't like looking at the world as a whole because mm -hmm. somebody in there is going to betray you or fuck up what you're trying to do. It's also really big and complicated. Yeah, it's big and complicated. <laughs> so um, yeah, and it doesn't. You know, we don't have to rethink every day about how to get up out of our beds, right? You know, yeah. we know the process. I mean, we just do. Yeah, we just because do. We're psychopaths. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, yeah. Well, I've 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 come up with a nine point plan about how best to rise out of bed, David. I mean, that's just how mine's I do failing right now. I think about. I've been thinking about it for two weeks. <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, especially in art with these cycles, the need for something new is cultural. Um, in the, oh God, I'm gonna get these dates wrong. I went to art. I took a bunch of art histories, and uh, it's mostly names and dates. Yeah, you the, can't be wrong if you say X. That's why I say X all the time. Uh, in 19, like, post uh, World War II, so 1950s, um, turn of the century art. Other places were having new artistic revolutions, you know, you had your Picassos out there, mm -hmm. um, you had your Dollies out there, and America didn't really have the name brand artist. Um, unfortunately, Andy Warhol eventually became that, and that's a whole other problem. But before him, <laughs> before him, they needed somebody now. We didn't have a voice artistically, there was no way to portray America, and mm -hmm. they needed something that other people weren't doing. Had they to need fill the void. Yeah, they had to fill the void. And they saw Pollock with his splatter paintings. Mm -hmm. They only saw that it was new and different and did not question its, you know, importance. Okay. They, they just forefronted him as, hey, look at this new independent guy. He was really, <laughs> he was a great artist, but he went through a bunch, that's the other thing about 20th century art, everyone's sad. Um, he went through a number of ups and downs of evaluating whether he was worth it. Are, it, it. Is he hyped up? He's not the face. He wasn't the face. He was hyped up beyond the means that he saw fit for himself. He eventually retreated back in the woods and spent like the happiest 15 years of his life. And then they called for him back and he made a bunch of work and then drove himself into a tree. Right. Um, they needed something so bad that they pulled it out of a man and he was aware that they did that. He just didn't know how to express it or really understand completely what was going on. He just knew people were demanding things of him, and he didn't see why. And, I mean, it, that's not his responsibility as well, no, right? People, th people thrust this onto it, him. It's and then... his onus. I almost, I, I want to do a podcast at some point about the call. Right. Because oh, that's, that's yeah. essentially what this is, where you fill in the gap. It's the same way that Dawkins basically assumed, willingly or not, assumed the position at the top. Pollock did the same. Mm -hmm. He didn't assume it. They, they basically went, "Come on, kid, go on stage." No, he, he could have said no, but yeah. he didn't. And the one time he did, it's hard. It, he was gone. Well, yeah. and and this too, you know, I don't, you know, why the call the call is both from the you know outside of us and then also within us as well. Like why we do what we do. We like to hope. Yeah, I like to think so. The and, call and the pull. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that that's. Yeah. It's a good type. Yeah, really. Type. Right, right, right. Take a, make <laughs> note of that. The pool. <laughs> they call in the pool. Funny <laughs> enough, that's also how you get uh, dates on Tinder. Really? Oh, very. Yeah, oh. the call in the pool. You know. I uh, I was not aware of that. Tinder. <laughs> Tinder. T i n d e r. You say? <laughs> All right. Uh, no. So, uh, what kind of information is on Tinder? Do you say? Uh, no. Uh, I I I'm old. Good. Man. I'm 33. Years. Rhetoric. I'm 33 years old. I'm fucking out of my league here. Criticism. <laughs> yeah, that's where you get it. So. I got dead air going on here. That's in my fine. Mind. That's absolutely fine. Okay. 
Mm. Sorry to throw you off with my crude attempt at a joke. No, it was right. No, that's it's <laughs> enjoyable because I had that. You know, I was on one track and then all of a sudden I changed. I, I changed trains in my mind and I'm going the opposite direction now, which is <laughs> wonderful. Mm. Yeah, far be it for me. You'll be happier for it. Oh, I already <laughs> am. Yeah, no, this is good. I like these. Yeah, I like these. When um, do you need to be out of here? Well, what time is it? Two thirty-seven. Uh, uh, in a few minutes or so. I, you know, if you guys want to continue on, I'm, I'm actually going to break off here in a few minutes, all right? No, it's fine. Okay, I just, cool. I just want to know. Is there anything else you got, we wanted to maybe mention about this, about technology and information? Because I've just, I'm just been trying to wrap my head about, around what we've been, you know, discussing so far. And, you know, I've just, you know, my problems with technology and information is adapting to, you know, all of the different tools and facets and, you know, part of what I'd also had in mind in talking about this was how do we experiment with new technologies to find information. Um, right. I used to have an RSS feed. This, is this That's a thing, right? You guys remember this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I just There's one how, for this website. I know. I just didn't know how. how are, okay, but like what client do you use now? Because like once Google, uh, my Google, I had a Google thing that did my RSS feeds and it was beautiful and wonderful and brilliant. And then they ex- exercised their te- technological tyranny over me and I no longer have that available. And no, so now I had kind of like search for something to replace it. Facebook, Twitter, um, email alerts being one of the things, and they've all failed me in miserable, horrible ways. And I don't know, once again, is that my failure or is that technology's failure? How do we experiment to kind of find the, the gap between those things? I read all my RSS feeds through Reader on a MacBook. I don't know if there's an equivalent to it in Windows. There probably is, but it just gives me a flat list of, like, it's basically a newspaper. Yeah, yeah, same thing. So, so it's basically Google uh, yeah. RSS feeds. The same and I look at it, and I look at it the her- in absolutely heretical fashion. I I read it like a newspaper. I read it after I'm done working at 7 p.m. after everything is aggregated because I don't really give a shit about any of it in the moment. How long? Uh, how long have you been using that? A year or so. Okay, it what, works fine. What were you, what were you kind of using beforehand? Before there are probably that? better things. Flipboard because it was the nice sensationalist version of it that had pictures. I actually like Reader because it has no pictures until I click on things. So it forces me to read the titles and potentially the excerpts underneath it because if a if an article has a poignant picture, that radically overvalues the article. Okay. You know, yeah. Particularly for the kind of information uh, you know the things I. That's what it's there for. Yeah. Base. That's yeah. exactly. But the uh, you know I. I read. I don't know if we uh, want to. Uh, just, just in this uh, uh, in this tech tips with old man Riley section we got going on here. How how do you get on the internet for uh, the info, David? <laughs> what I do I do Anantech for technology stuff. I do Tom's Hardware for cliche bullshit. I do the Atlantic for <coughs> making myself mad. Um, yeah, look, social commentary, what have you. Yeah, yeah that kind of shit. Uh, I used to do a lot more explicitly partisan. The, the Atlantic at least pretends to have like multiple perspectives on it and mm. it kind of does but they turn into chatting magic but it at least <laughs> lets me know what's going on in the world because I have no way I mean if this is what you were getting at as far as newspapers are concerned I have no headline news in my life All right. I don't have NBC I don't have BBC I don't have AP you don't pay for news you don't subscribe to any newspapers um, or anything like that I probably do, and I'm not thinking of them, <laughs> um, but they're not actual news. Nothing I read is news in the proper sense where I would know within 24 hours of something happening that it happened. Someone right. has to have come up with a measured response to whatever happened. An opinion on information. For me to know about gotcha. it. That's actually something we haven't touched on. Um, because you don't have cable news, things that happen at you, um, the internet is all information that's out there and you're kind of floating around on it. Cable television will tell you whatever it wants without your 
like <laughs> consent. Yeah. And I noticed that um, no matter how much I scour the internet for whatever interests me, there's still a bunch of shit I don't know. I didn't know that the company that I work for has advertisements at all. <laughs> I, I was told, hey, haven't you seen the TV ad? And I haven't. <laughs> TV tells different stories, um, and whether you want to hear it or not, it's on. Yeah. Well, Dylan, what, 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 how do you use technology to get information? I mean, where, like, if you, a typical day when you're scouring information, is it more, like, ob- object-driven, like, I need to think or learn about X, or is there just, like, a, like, you know, like, a general, you know, feed of information that you've kind of created that has a big pot of it, and then you, like, s- do you, like, sift through it, or how, uh, do, how do you, do you, do you, like, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, a day-to-day thing, but... I'm, I'm highly visual-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tumblr is good for me for that. I don't use it for information or conversation. I was going to say, it's not good Yeah, no, much. it's not, it's not good for that. It's good for looking at pictures. Instagram, um, I actually find reading tedious. I like getting information. Yeah, I'd rather no hear it. So, um, but like, excuse me, looking just, at words is tiresome. But like for for uh, what you mentioned, Tumblr, right? And what was the other one? Uh, Instagram. So, do they like have feeds that, that like you you like you, subscribe to people and is it the same thing? Yeah, and okay. they provide pictures of whatever they're working on. Right, um, definitely. I follow a lot of artists. Yeah. Uh, Miss Monster, um, huge inspiration of mine. She does monster illustrations and masks. Right. Uh, basically, what I'm trying to do. Um, and I get to see whatever she's working on whenever it's coming out. Um, you know. I'll occasionally do a search for something that's piqued my interest or that I saw in the background of another image, right. um, like uh, three-wheeled trucks, yeah, stuff like that, just cute little things. Um, so a lot of my information is just visual inspiration that I'll stockpile and then never utilize yeah. because I'm always stockpiling information. Yeah, absolutely. There was, there was a good article I saw about like Pinterest, which is also very visually oriented, where it said that Pinterest is the place you can search for things that you don't know how to describe or that you don't know the name for. And, like, the idea of it being that, you know, you can kind of, like, just type in, like, references or allusions to what you think you're wanting to know and then be able to just have Pinterest just shoot some shit out there that, like, people have commented on or tagged or anything like that. And, like, I had I had used Pinterest yeah. in the past and the same thing, too, and I'm looking for the same kind of, like, visual inspiration, too, that, like, Pinterest has kind of, like, been a, play, a, little, a little repository where you can kind of just, like, look for and find some information uh, yeah. on an individual sense as well. Uh, funny enough... I don't use Pinterest because I'm afraid of what I'll get. <laughs> so, um, not not content-wise, just the amount. Um, gotcha, yes, Dylan's exactly. not afraid of any content. No, no content at all. I'll look at anything. No content too um, content-y enough for you. No contest to content, man. Excellent. Um, but I get burnt out on stuff. I will just not want to look at something if there is too much of it. <laughs> so it's the same way that, like, you know, I I go to new. I know I I subscribe to newspapers because you know they're my filter, right? And yeah. you, it's the same thing with Tumblr, right? Yeah, People, I need a, yeah. I need a filter, and Pinterest and any place that's willing to just throw too much at me, right? I'll usually avoid just because I'm not going to want to filter that. That's why, you know, filtering filtering through information is a job in and of itself. Yes, um, you okay. have people scouring for stories. You mm-hmm. you find people. To look up what's worth saying. Oh, that's actually, that is a service I pay for, is Longform. Yes. Longform? Longform is essentially a recommendation service that find it calls large long-form articles <laughs> on topics of interest, mm-hmm. and it gives them to you. Yeah, there, exactly. There was actually a uh, feed that I found that did too long, didn't reads of yep. uh, um, Harvard papers. Yes. Coming down to things like, sociopaths don't give a shit. Yeah. Like they just just cut out all the bullshit, man. Bring me the tagline. Well, no, but then it but then it is that like if you 
if you but desire, those, those are for entertainment. Well, no, so. but then also, if you desire further investigation, yeah, you, you can yeah. actually look up the paper. And yeah, like, exactly. And I find that to be too is that like a lot of times, you know, there is that. Sometimes idea. just giving the shorthand and yeah, just something to compress the information to be palatable. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. looking at a big wall of text, um, I'm a I'm a kid in high school looking at you know an English paper. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to read all that. Well, and it's it's how we kind of you know look for and rely on you know because I think we all need to a certain extent like editors for the internet, right? Editors for information, yeah. and I think we look out and, and I I sure as hell am not um, you know saying that I the information that I find has been specifically called and compared to all re- yeah. relevant typical you know similar information that I found the perfect slice of information that I consume. You know, you know we farm that out to other people, right? And sometimes we pay for it, sometimes we don't. But at the same time, <laughs> some people play pay just for the slant that they want. There, and um, that's... And, I mean, Reddit is basically just who are the people that agree with me? Like, let's just all talk to like-minded individuals. How much does that happen on Reddit? I mean, is it that's, the it's ability enti- to block people? Is that its entire purpose? Well, no. It's it... not just people. It's the single post. You up and down vote it. If something is unfavorable, it does not get seen. Yeah, it's further down. Yeah, it's yeah, pushed down, pushed down, pushed push down. Pushed down, and then there's so much, you're never going to see it. It's, Only the most popular thing is relevant. Yeah, right? and it's the it's the culmination of what made the Greeks hate democracy. Yeah. It, I mean, but what is that? I mean, because I don't... I, I, I have spent maybe 15 minutes of my internet life on Reddit. I mean, what is... Same. Like, I, that, <laughs> the 15 minutes I spent, I learned how it works, went, oh, that's a load of bullshit, and then left. Yeah, because it's... I mean... <laughs> You know, it, is it run by just a typical breed of people on the internet? I mean, there's, but you know, usually you read it and you get like the only time I hear about Reddit is when people do AMAs and like yeah. you know, famous yeah. famous person that, I, that I'm familiar with does AMA. It's a place where anybody can make their own forum for anything, make it easily searchable. Right, and then um, and then people just self segregate based on these things as well. It's the front page of the internet, Ryan. That's what <laughs> I've yet to I've yet to see that <laughs> made 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 manifest. It's in the front new of me. news. It's the new news. Yeah. I, I use it to find torrents of Formula One races. Excellent. That's okay. basically all I use it for. No, no problem. Yeah, and so they still manage to bitch about a lot of things. Oh, that's the yeah. They love complaining. Yeah, because that's what it's. That's what I, from what I could see, Reddit is just the comment section on every news article I've ever been on. Just clone yourself five times complaining about the same thing, and then just jerk that for infinity. Okay, good. Speaking that's... of jerking, yeah. Do we have any other comments on <laughs> the top? This this could devolve. Oh yeah, from here. So I'm. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna Everything cut that before. From Reddit. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> okay. Is, yeah. Cool. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I, no I, I've reached the limit. I mean, that's you do that episode. I'll fucking take a nap during that one. Cause <laughs> I just I I'm just trying to figure out ways in which we. That's look a good at idea. It. We can do a nap episode. That'll be good. I'm excited. Uh, if you only if you put in one of those brilliant into you know those uh, dead air moments that well, we had. There'll I mean, be one of those in here. Wonderful. Just uh, have an ASMR podcast. What? Yeah. Hey, everybody, just coming in. Get some mouthfeel. Yeah. Does anyone have a soda can? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we've. Um, I've just been trying to to get this idea of technology and how we get information. I think we've had some fruitful discussions overall. Does anyone want to raise a topic that we can maybe close out with or anything, or if there's just been one thing that you wanted to put forward to the group? Because I'm out of options. I I'm fucking out of hate children. <laughs> All right, I've had it with children. Any thoughts? I hate information, and so do children. Uh, I hate children with information. Yeah, that's all right. That is the worst part, yeah. We've reached consensus. (laughs) Excellent. We're good. Um, Save that for the AMS archives. All right, fine. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Yeah, I think that'll do it. Till next week, when...